Welcome to Daily Daf Different, a Jcast Network podcast in collaboration with the Conservative Yeshiva in Jerusalem. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about the Conservative Yeshiva, please visit conservativeyeshiva.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Welcome to Daily Daf Differently. This is Joe Rosenstein, and I am a professor of mathematics at Rutgers University and the author of Sidur 8 Ratzon and Machzor 8 Ratzon. Today we will be, distu- we will be studying Tractate Rosh Hashanah, Daf 32, Lamed Bet. Today's Daf contains a fascinating and informative Mishnah about the Musaf Amidah of Rosh Hashanah. Let's start with some background information. Every Amidah is structured as an audience that we have with God. It begins with three brachot, blessings, in which we first introduce ourselves as the children of our ancestors, second, we acknowledge God's power and presence, and third, we acknowledge God's holiness. And every Amidah ends with three brachot, in which we ask God to accept our prayers, we offer God our gratitude, and we ask for the gift of shalom. Between the three initial brachot and the three closing brachot, which are much the same in every service, we insert one additional bracha on Shabbat and festivals, a bracha that focuses on the character of the particular day. This bracha is called Kedushat Hayom, the sanctity of the day. To distinguish it from the previous bracha, the third introductory bracha, which speaks of God's holiness and is called Kudushat Hashem, the holiness of God. The central bracha on Shabbat ends with a phrase that speaks of God as the one who is Mekadesh HaShabbat, who sanctifies the Shabbat, and Rosh Hashanah as the one who is Mekadesh Yisrael HaYom HaZikaron, who sanctifies Israel and the day of Zikaron. That's unexpected. Rosh Hashanah already has a name, Yom Truah. Where did this new name, Yom Hazikaron, come from? Remember that in Leviticus, Rosh Hashanah is referred to as Yom Zichron Truah. That's the source of the phrase Yom Hazikaron. And what does it mean? We'll come back to that question in a few minutes. The one exception to the general rule that on special days the Amidah has a central as a single central bracha, is the Musaf Amida on Rosh Hashanah, where we add several additional brachot. How did this come about? A long time before the Mishnah, perhaps during the time of the Second Temple, someone asked the question, what is the proper way of observing Rosh Hashanah? And the answer that was evidently accepted was that we should read verses from the Bible, and then Blow the shofar. What verses? There were two categories of verses, one based on the phrase Yom Zichron Truah, and another based on the phrase Yom Truah. The second group of verses, based on the phrase Yom Truah, all deal, not surprisingly, with the sound of the shofar. And the first group of verses, 
based on Yom Zichron Teruah, are all reminders to God about God's covenant with Israel. Thus, the developers of the Rosh Hashanah Amidah interpreted Zichron Teruah as blowing the shofar to remind God of the covenant. Thus, Yom HaZikaron is the day when we remind God of the covenant. The choreography of the central part of the Musaf Amidah thus becomes the following. We recite verses about the covenant, called Zichronot, enclosing them in a bracha that ends Zocher Habrit, you remember the covenant, then we blow the shofar. Then we repeat the cycle. We recite verses about the shofar, called Shofarot, enclosing them in a bracha that ends Shomea kol truat amcha Yisrael brachamim. You listen compassionately to the truah sounds of your people Israel, and then we blow the shofar again. Thus, two additional brachot are added to the Musaf Amida after Kudushat Yom, the sanctity of the day, one focusing on God's remembering the covenant, and the other focusing on God's hearing the sound of the shofar. Those of you who are familiar with the Musaf Amidah will question this conclusion, noting that the Amidah has three sets of verses, Malchuyot, Zichronot, and Shofarot, and therefore three additional brachot. It might seem, therefore, that I left out the Malchuyot verses and the Malchuyot bracha. And that objection brings us, finally, to the discussion of the fascinating Mishnah that I mentioned at the start of today's session. We will see that it wasn't that I left Malchuyot out of Musaf, but rather that they added Malchuyot into Musaf. By the second century of the Common Era, a practice had developed of recited verses related to God as ruler of the world, called Malchuyot, from the word Melech, which is king. In parallel to the Zichronot, and Shofarot verses that were already part of the Musaf Amida. Why were Malchuyot added? One reason is that our understanding had expanded from God as the ruler of the Jewish people to God as the ruler of the world. Another reason may be that rulers in ancient times regularly had coronation ceremonies and that our God as supreme ruler should likewise be proclaimed regularly as the ruler of the world. When better to make that proclamation than on Rosh Hashanah, a full-fledged holiday which otherwise seemed to have no essential significance? The discussion recorded in the Mishnah of when the Malchuyot verses should be recited is very revealing. Here is what the Mishnah says. This is the order of the brachot for the Musaf Amidah on Rosh Hashanah. The leader says the first three brachot, incorporating Malchuyot into the third bracha on God's holiness, but does not blow the shofar. Then the holiness of the day bracha blows the shofar. Zichronot verses blows the shofar, recites the shofarot verses and blows the shofar. And then says the final three brachot. This was the view of Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. Rabbi Akiva said to him, If you're not going to blow the shofar after reciting the Malchiyot verses, then what's the point of saying them? 
Rather, the leader should say the first three brachot, then incorporate the Malchuyot verses, verses into the holiness of the day bracha, Kedushat Hayom bracha, blow the shofar, recite the Zichronot verses, blow the shofar, recite the shofarot verses, blow the shofar, and then say the last three brachot. From this exchange, we learn that the organization of the Musaf Amidah for Rosh Hashanah had already been established well before the time of the Mishnah, and that the Zichronot and Shofarot verses and the associated blasts of the Shofar had already been incorporated into the Musaf Amidah. That is, in addition to the three initial and three final brachot in every Amidah, and the central Kedushat Hayom, Holiness of the Day Bracha, in every Shabbat and Festival Amidah, two additional brachot had been introduced, one that incorporates the Zichronot verses, and another, the Shofarot verses. This structure was already so well established that no one proposed the natural solution of adding another bracha for the Malchuyot verses. A second important reason for the absence of such a proposal is that there is a basis in the Torah text for the recital of Zichronot and Shofarot verses, namely the phrase Zichron Torah, tenuous though it is, whereas there is no Torah text that supports the recital of Malchiot verses on Rosh Hashanah. Thus, the debate over the proposal for creating a Malchiot component for the Amidah, parallel to the Zichronot and Shofarot components, comes down to where the Malchiot component should be located. Should it be included with the last of the three introductory brachot, which speaks of Kedush HaRashem, the holiness of God? That would certainly make sense, because proclamations of God's majesty could then be incorporated into the prayers discussing God's holiness, a related topic. This makes more sense than incorporating the theme of God's majesty into the bracha of Kedushat Hayom, the holiness of the day, an entirely different topic. The solution that is sensible theoretically, however, is problematic choreographically. Indeed, if we follow the sensible solution, then the Kedushat Hayom bracha would break up the pattern of versus shofar versus shofar versus shofar. Instead, the pattern would be Malchuyot versus in Kedushat Hashem and shofar. Then Kedushat Hayom, no shofar. Then Zichronot versus and shofar. Then Shofarot versus and shofar. Indeed, the Mishnah endorsed the custom which we follow today of southern Palestine as presented by Rabbi Akiva and not the custom of northern Palestine as presented by Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. The pattern we follow is Kedushat Hashem, then Malchuyot versus in Kedushat Hayom, and the Shofar, Zichronot versus Shofar, Shofarot versus and Shofar. Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri and Rabbi Akiva also had a dispute about how many verses should be recited. Rabbi Akiva said no fewer than ten verses in each section. But Rabbi Yochanan thought that three was sufficient. Rabbi Kiva's ten verses consist of three from the Torah, three from the Psalms, three from the Prophets, and then a final verse from the Torah. It was not decided which verses should be recited. That was left up to the individual. But the Shofarot verses had to be positive in tone, and the Malchuyot verses had to be universal. Our practice follows Rabbi Akiva's point of view, although it turns out that the discussion on this daft concludes 
that the halacha follows Rabbi Yochanan ben Nuri. So some congregations recite themselves, restrict themselves, to three verses in each section. It is noteworthy that even 2,000 years ago, our ancestors debated whether the services should be longer or shorter. They also had a problem with people arriving late to services. Here's a paraphrase of another mission on this page. On the Yom Tov of Rosh Hashanah, blowing the shofar is done by the second service leader, whereas the first service leader recites Hallel. The Gemara asks why the second service leader blows the shofar rather than the first leader. And it answers that the blowing of the shofar is delayed because not everyone comes to the service on time. And we do want everyone to hear the shofar. The Gemara then asks why we don't delay Hallel until later as, when, as well. And it answers, well, you shouldn't penalize the people who do show up on time. Hold on, you say. We don't recite Hallel on Rosh Hashanah. That's exactly the point that the Talmud makes next. But that discussion will have to wait until tomorrow. Who says that there's no suspense in Talmud study? I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epic Chorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.